This sermon was recorded at Christ Church Mission, a congregation that seeks to be a people fully alive in God's kingdom. It's a reading from the book of Mark. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, and on that day they will fast. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning again. It is a little chilly in here, I think. A lot of coats on still. Lucy had her hands in her sleeves holding the cross, I noticed. Uh, all right. Uh, we are in the season, the church season called Epiphany. And during Epiphany, we like take little, we look at little snapshots of Jesus's life and ministry um, as a way of seeing how Jesus was revealed for who he was. And in this passage from today, I think we get some good insights. We get some insights both about what kind of people Jesus desires for us to be, and we also get a lesson about how to navigate our social interactions and relationships out in the world. Uh, Because Christians have really, I think, struggled with that historically, trying to figure out how to navigate socially in the world. Um, They have oscillated at times from like full immersion, um, you know, just kind of like total incorporation into society relationally, And then at other times, they would ping pong over to the opposite side, which is like social isolation and be really like kind of cut off and removed from the rest of society relationally. Um, And, you know, Jesus offers us a a third way, a different kind of way of uh, navigating socially in this world. So there's a lesson here both about how to be with God and also a lesson about how to be uh, with people. And I'm mostly going to use Jesus's line uh, almost the whole sermon will kind of like orbit around his line from the center of this passage. Let's see it here. Let me see that, Carrie. Did you catch this um, kind of great punchline in the passage? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And so that line will kind of frame the whole, uh, the whole sermon this morning. I'll do three points. So let's call them the healthy the sick, and the doctor, okay? Again, that's the healthy, the sick, and the doctor, okay? So let's start with the healthy. Uh, 
I'll explain the air quotes in a, in a minute. Uh, but first, let me tell the story. In the passage, uh, you know, we're still early in, the, in Mark's gospel here, and early in Jesus's ministry. And in this passage, Jesus is walking beside a lake, the passage says. Uh, Jesus often hung out around lakes, uh, they think partially because we read in other parts of the Gospels that Jesus would sometimes go and stand in a boat just offshore because the steep like incline off of the lake provided a great like little amphitheater for him to be able to speak to large groups of people at once. And so Jesus clearly understood good acoustics and so he was like oftentimes around the lake. And as he walks beside the lake in this passage, he sees Levi. Now there's an overwhelming chance that this Levi that's named here is, this is the, the other name for uh, Jesus' disciple Matthew, but for the sake of simplicity today, we'll just call him what the text calls him. We'll just call him Levi today, okay? So he sees Levi, and Levi is sitting at a tax collector booth, and I'll talk about tax collector booths in a second, uh, and Jesus calls him and says, follow me, and shockingly, Levi gets up from his booth and follows Jesus. The scene then cuts to Jesus having a meal with Levi, but also a much larger group of uh, tax collectors and sinners and some of Jesus' disciples. But there's another group that was like observing this dinner as well. The Pharisees or the, uh, the kind of the religious elite of the day. And, uh, and they asked, not Jesus, they didn't ask Jesus this question. They asked Jesus' disciples this question. Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And on hearing this, Jesus gives them that great line. Carrie, let's see it one more time, can we? Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Okay, so Jesus uses this metaphor of like the doctor to make a point to these religious leaders. He is, of course, the doctor, which I'll get to in the third point. And they, the religious leaders, are the healthy. Now, the reason for the air quotes every time I say the healthy, do you want me to keep doing this? I'll go all day, I promise you. Uh, uh, is because Jesus uses that term, like, ironically, I guess you would say. Everyone there thinks that the Pharisees are healthy except for Jesus. The Pharisees, they certainly think that they are healthy. Like when they hear Jesus say this, they think, ah, healthy. That he must be talking about us here, you know? Uh, the other word that Jesus uses in this passage is the, right, is the righteous, you know? And when the Pharisees heard the righteous, they most certainly thought, ah, righteous. That righteousness is our thing, the Pharisees would have thought. Like, yes, we are the healthy, we are the righteous. But sadly, the tax collectors, I think, also would have seen the Pharisees as healthy. Like, when Jesus said that it's not the healthy that need a doctor, but the sick, I think the tax collectors would have thought, oh, healthy, yeah, yeah, he must be talking about them. Those must be the healthy ones. Those Pharisees and teachers of the law, they, those are the people that like have it all together, and God loves them exceedingly more than he loves me. Everyone agreed to that term, healthy, except for one, Jesus. He doesn't challenge the point here in this passage. He gives it to them. You know, sure, 
fine, healthy. I think he would have done air quotes if that existed in his day. <laughs> Saying, you know, uh, sure, if you can be the healthy here, sure. But he challenged it in a thousand other places in Scripture, not the least of which is kind of you get that flavor at the, by the end of this passage when he's talking about new wine being poured into old wine skins, and when that happens, it tears the skins apart. Like that is a, an allusion to this uh, idea that the Pharisees are in trouble. And he's much more pointed in many other passages of Scripture, specifically highlighting how sick the Pharisees really are. Uh, but here he says, fine, fine, healthy. Okay. But if you are healthy, then one thing is for sure. And that's that you don't need me. That's what Jesus is saying. And this really gets at the heart of the matter. You'll see, especially as we get into the next section, that the real distinction that Jesus is trying to make here is not between the healthy and the sick, but between those who are aware of their sickness and those who are ignorant of it. That is the real distinction. In Jesus's view, there, there is no healthy. The Pharisees are as sick, and I mean, you could make the case from Scripture, I think, that they are actually sicker than the tax collectors. But the problem is that they won't acknowledge their own sickness. Okay, so I'm not in medical care. Some of you are. So you can correct me after the service if you want. Uh, I can imagine that there is a very big difference between trying to treat someone who is very aware of their sickness versus someone who refuses to accept the fact that they are sick. If you have to first convince someone that they need help, that is very different, I would imagine, than treating someone who says, I feel terrible, please, I need help. I'll do anything to feel better. Tell me what to do. I am in great pain, please help me. That is a big difference. And that is this point about the healthy. They aren't really healthy, but if they are unwilling to acknowledge their own sickness, then there's not much that Jesus can do for them. I think he's essentially saying, like, then I'm as worthless to you as I would be to a healthy person, Jesus says. Okay, so that's the healthy. Let's talk about the sick. Uh, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, Jesus says, but it's the sick. Who are the sick? Well, in this case, it's the tax collectors. Let's talk about first century tax collection for a second. Uh, the area uh, that the Bible is set in is occupied by Rome. And way off in Rome was Herod Antipas, the ruler at the time. And he wanted to collect taxes, of course, from all of his various subjects across the whole region. And Capernaum, this area, the town that's by this lake that we read about in this passage, is kind of a, the last town on a route that would, went from one Roman-occupied territory to another Roman-occupied territory. And so what they would do is they would set up a little tax collection booth on that route uh, so that when you passed, so think of it like a toll booth, essentially, like when you were passing from one territory to another, you would have to pass that booth and, uh, you know, pay up. And who is sitting at that booth making you cough up your hard-earned money but one of your own countrymen? And this is a route that you and your family and generate for generations have traveled freely with no tax. 
but now one of your own people is sitting in a booth collecting your money from you. Uh, and that created a very hostile environment for the tax collectors. Tax collectors were hated. Levi probably took this job, you would wonder, like, well, then why does he have this job? He probably took it out of necessity, not out of desire. Uh, he was likely scorned and reviled every day. You can picture it. People would walk by and toss their coins into the booth and sneer and whisper under their breath uh, and mumble obscenities at him. This was probably Levi's life, and you'd be crazy to think that that wouldn't take a toll on a person to experience that day in and day out. That is probably the life of a tax collector. And, you know, that, that context actually helps me a little bit with the suddenness of Levi's answer of the call. Maybe that jumped out to you when you read the passage. But it'd be, it can be confusing to hear Jesus say, to read about Jesus saying, follow me, and then a person gets up and follows immediately. But it actually makes, to me, a little more sense in this passage, knowing that how truly tragic and terrible Levi's life was. It's very possible that when Jesus came up to Levi at the tax collector booth and didn't revile him, but treated him with dignity and humanity, and then called to Levi and said, hey, why don't you leave all this behind and come follow me? It's very possible that Levi thought, deal. I I'm done. I'm, I wanna, I'm ready to be done with that life. Now picture a whole room of those folks, folks that have been sitting at those booths scorned day after day. Now they're sitting in a room with Jesus at a table. And this was the context for which Jesus said, it's not the healthy that I've come as the doctor, it is for the sick. That room full of tax collectors might have said, yeah, but we'll own that label. We're, we're sick. We need help. These are folks who were pretty acutely aware of their own spiritual need and saving. And that is why any of us can be the healthy, unwilling to acknowledge our need for help, and any of us can also be the sick, humbly saying to God, yeah, I need your help. I'm, I'm sick. I'm not doing well. Let me say one more thing about the sick before I go on to the last point about the doctor. I've kind of alluded to it already, but I want to put a finer point on it. Um, what characterizes a good sick person is not just their acceptance of their illness, but their willingness to undergo treatment, to heed the doctor's orders. That is what a good sick person does. Christ is looking for people, not just who say, yeah, I'm sick, I'm in trouble, but people who say, make me well. I give myself to your care, doctor. What is the cure? I'll do anything. Well, the cure in this case is for the doctor to like heal you in a like ontological sense, but it's also the doctor probably has some pretty strict orders for you to like get well and stay well. Are there some things you should probably stop doing? The doctor would probably say, yeah, you should. Are there some things that you're not doing that you should do a little more of? The doctor would probably say, yeah, yeah, you should. A good sick person heeds the doctor's orders. Okay, lastly, let's talk about the doctor. Jesus is a good doctor. He is the doctor in this passage, and he can make people well. 
Jesus doesn't just offer good bedside manner. Jesus isn't just kind with the sick people. Uh, you know, I do a handful of um, hospital visits myself, and I've been realizing lately that bedside manner is not my strong suit as a pastor. Um, I went and saw someone recently, and when I came into the room, the patient was there in bed, and I said, wow, you look way better than I expected. Uh, and, then, and then I looked at the patient's mother, who was also in the room, and I said, oh, wow, you look way worse than I expected. And I didn't even think what I was saying, but uh, so that's not my strong suit, guys, but your pastor is working on it, and if you call me for a hospital visit, I promise I'll come, and I'll I'll do my best, okay? I'm, I'm working on it. Uh, but Jesus, Jesus has good bedside manner, but that isn't all that he has. Again, he's not just kind and gentle with people who are sick. He is a doctor. He has the cure to make us well. Jesus wasn't just nice to that Levi tax collector. He took that tax collector, the sick person, and not only accepted him, but made him a figurehead in this new kingdom society that he was creating. He didn't just like tend to him at the booth. He changed him completely. And once we ourselves are in treatment, receiving that healing from Jesus, we can also be ambassadors for the doctor in our, in our relationships. Jesus shows us by the way that he spent time with the sick, those who most were acutely aware of their need for help, a model for social engagements for modern day Christians. Because Jesus was deeply rooted spiritually. He was sustained daily by his times of prayer with God. He was nourished by his fellowship with his disciples. He had this deep, sustained knowledge of scripture and from those, he drew sustenance to go out into the world and walk into rooms filled with like very desperate tax collectors and love those people into the kingdom. And that is our model, like drawing from the depth of our spirituality out into like the world and into our relationships. So let's be intentional in our relationships, both with the healthy people who insist that they need nothing from God and the sick, those who know that they are struggling and that they need help. And Jesus is the doctor, not us. He alone can make them well, and he offers that wellness to others. So let's be ambassadors for the doctor, testifying to the ways that he has made us well, and offering that healing to others in Christ's name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.